0: The U.S. represents 4% of the world's population, but 22% of the world's prison population. Today's episode is on the U.S. prison system.
1: Welcome to A Cup of tea a podcast of discussions that are just as vital as your daily cuppa.
0: So what are the facts? Should we start with the facts first of all? Because I think that they're quite shocking. The the incarceration rate of the United States of America is the highest in the world, which probably doesn't surprise you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, as of June 2020, there were 2.1 million people uh, in prison. And this is higher than nations with large larger populations like China and India, for mm. example. And it's even higher than places that US considers more authoritarian, like Russia, for example. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's 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 mental, and I think that figure has gone up by like ten times, um, comparing it from now to fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the last quarter
0: of this, uh, the twentieth century, the incarceration rate in the U.S. increased by a factor of five. Do you have the Do you have the numbers per capita? Because I think that's yeah, what's more.
1: The graph that I saw was insane because it had the incarceration rates per thousand per hundred thousand people. Um, This was from 2016, and the US rates of incarceration were 700. And the next largest in the entire world was Rwanda, and that was only 500. And then in the UK, it was only 130. So they are leading, if you want, by far. It's funny you say that, because countries like Venezuela,
0: Cuba, and Iran, Venezuela has 178 per um, 100,000. Cuba has 150, sorry, 510 per 100 and iran has two, uh, 294 per 100 so all of these countries that the us consider not to be liberated you know mm. and they look down upon mm. actually have less incarcerated people than the us do
1: yeah exactly and that's why we wanted to talk about this as like prisons for profit and how it's a huge industry and how it's mm-hmm. like a, a money making thing and i know we always talk about capitalism but the in the in the, <laughs> in the research that i was doing so much of it was like well obviously it's going to be like this because the fundamentals of capitalism is can you do it for cheaper can you do it better and there's that whole element of free market being you can all compete with each other and whoever can deliver the best product or the best service in this case prisons um for the cheapest price wins and that's the whole the whole issue with privatization and that's the that's the argument that a lot of people make with privatization because they they're saying that it's better and it's cheaper yeah but when you when people say we can do it better because we're private and we don't have to wait around for governments to approve things we don't have to wait for the the public to vote on something so that we can approve something and then put it into practice that's their argument for right but actually in order to make the most profit which is what a private company is about you would have to cut costs or reduce something
0: yeah it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people think of prisons as these things that are like you know they're like separate to the rest of society in terms of like we have them there and they serve a purpose but of course it's not for money like they're there to protect us you know and it's like they think that capitalism can't touch prisons but of course it can um do you know how much money the u.s spend on um incarcerating people i have to figure do you know do you want to guess uh
1: what in a year yeah uh do you mean like actually arresting people and then putting them into the system? Do you just want to like,
0: guess the number, like because yeah, it's yeah a but it depends on <laughs> <what> it is. <laughs> all right, let me just tell you, they spend more than eighty billion dollars uh, uh, incarcerating two two point three million roughly people in federal and state prisons, country jail, youth correction facilities, and immigration detention centers. So that it, inc- it includes uh, all okay. of, of them. Um, eight billion? Did you say eighty billion? May not eight <laughs> eighty <laughs> billion. <laughs>
1: Flipping hell! What the hell? Where did you get that from? Uh,
0: from the internet. <laughs> from a. From a. I was reading a report. Another thing. So you mentioned, obviously, you mentioned that they're channeled into the private sector. But the way they, the way that this is done, uh, is through contracts with healthcare providers, mm. food supplies, uh, you know, prison contracts and other stuff. So, for example, the companies that provi- provide food to the prisons, mm. they are happy to sell nutritionally deficient food. Um, because it's cheap to make and obviously it makes them great profit so as you said they're really they want to cut costs because no one cares about prisoners nobody like they are people consider them the lowest of the lowest you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so no one's going to make a complaint against that the companies that you know provide basic court functionalities they charge extremely high rates because they know how desperate people are to speak to family members Yeah, Um, yeah transportation companies make a killing transporting people to and from court appearances and to prisons it it's like you don't ever think about it do you yeah it's you actually, don't no you yeah. don't because
1: even when I was reading so many of these reports it was like okay there's so many people that work directly with the prison industry yeah and those are people like anyone that's involved in the whole court process or anyone that's involved in the actual prisons but then people that are removed from it but also contribute to this industry are people like prison telephone providers and the and all of the people that work for that and it's interesting that you say that because i read somewhere that there was that they were at one point this was in the guardian at one mm. point they were charging family members 14 dollars per minute to speak to their family members oh, yeah, i believe it yeah it's not it's like it's your yeah. exploitation well they've I mean,
0: monetized they've monetized um uh crime punishment basically
1: yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And the the healthcare stuff that you're talking about, so much of the prisons choosing to outsource their jail healthcare is, firstly, that healthcare prison industry is worth something like $3 billion a year. Yeah. But also, some of the reasons that they choose to do it includes not necessarily reducing daily costs, but knowing that, you know, if there is a dead inmate, then the lawsuit would be brought to the company that they've contracted it out to rather than the county. Yeah. Um, and that's much cheaper. This was actually in the um, documentary. Did, did you watch that one? No. You know that I it was really good. You should watch it. And I fact-checked it because I was so scared. After Seaspiracy, I had to fact-check every documentary <laughs> that I watched. <laughs> um, but yeah, the leading cause of death in jails every year between 2000 and 2016 has been suicide, right? Yeah. And one of the main costs to prison facilities is like people um, Mm -hmm. and people that they need to employ to make sure that uh, the inmates are taken care of and and things like that. But um, one of the things that healthcare providers do is they know that that's their biggest cost. So then they'll curb that first. And then there's this whole other industry of like products that you need in a prison and they do these like prison expos and they have these um, weird contraptions that you wouldn't really think of so like they have this net bag that you put on a on a prisoner's head and then Mm. it's got like cloth around the face and around the nose and mouth but then it's a whole net bag so they can see out of it but it's like an anti-spitting device so they put it on their head when they're walking around they can't spit on you and then they have things like suicide prevention blankets where they wrap them up basically because prisoners can't be trusted well, I don't know, prisons might be driven to suicide because they end up using their own clothes to try and hang themselves. Suicide, yeah. So it's it's, it's really, really distressing. And, and, you know, these products are being developed and sold and used in so many prisons. And it's just getting more and more lucrative because more and more prisoners are going to prison. And that's by design. So, yeah, yeah, it's really messed
0: up. I'm not going to lie. So I read something, basically, in California prisons, they put inmates to work against fires. And they don't have a choice, obviously, because you have to do it. It's not it's not a, you know, you, you pick a job that you like, you do it because you're in prison. Um, And do you know how much they're paid, basically, to put their lives to risk? They're paid $2 per day, where the minimum wage in the US is $7 per hour. So if you if you think about this this is literally modern day slavery like they're using these people to continue the function of society Mm. but paying them nothing Mm. um and the most shocking thing is prisons have their own minimum wage so their own minimum wage is 12 cents per hour and some states require no minimum wage at all um and obviously if you think about it when they have no choice whether they go to work or not then you know just just think about like the mental side effects that that has on someone mm. regardless of how how the prison is structured in terms of like you know in these dark cells and in like cement everywhere yeah, no, and like gosh. forget all of that <laughs> what's even funny is in the past year inmates have been working on producing hand sanitizers and uh, washing hospital garments and making ppe because of covid oh, Um and actually so they've actually been con- contributing to society more than like most people would imagine Because we've we've needed that more than ever at this, especially because Mm. of of COVID. And in normal years, what they do is they provide forced labor for thousands of U.S. corporations like McDonald's, Wendy's, um, Walmart, and IBM. So if you think about it, like they are actively continuing uh, capitalism um, while being incarcerated,
1: yeah.
0: And people are being paid for them to do this.
1: Yeah, and this is information that I guess you've found from research. Know, research like research yeah. that we have access to imagine yeah. imagine what is happening in Uyghur concentration camps in China yeah imagine we know that we we've found that stuff out from yeah, yeah, but a few different places yeah and that's, but, that's available information yeah. whereas imagine the information that's not available when we're talking about prison labor in in different parts of the world this.
0: No, that's a valid point, but the point the point that I'm trying to make is this is the U.S. the free land. Yeah, you can't compare no, exactly. the U.S. to
1: China; it's a complete different right, game. And that's what yeah. I mean, like if that's yeah, the yeah. U.S. and that's what everyone's saying is that that's what Happy. has the reputation of being this free land. I think the whole modern day slavery or slavery by another name. This is something that I read in Noam Chomsky's um, "Who Rules the World" book. Yeah, and I just want to read like a bit of it. So he was talking about how so back back when slavery was at its peak right slaves were seen as three-fifths of a person yeah so slave owners could vote using their vote plus all of their slaves um three-fifths of a person because i do think that if we're talking about prisons in the u.s and the prison system you can't untangle it from um how race plays a factor in this so i think there was a short period of time where the three-fifths of a person was abolished um and that concept of personhood essentially ended slavery in theory at least for a really short amount of time and then they had you know relative freedom um that was akin to slavery but it was then reintroduced in basically permitting the effective criminalization of black life right Mm -hmm. so this was this was the extract from the book so it said A black male standing on a street corner could be arrested for attempted rape if accused of looking at a white woman the wrong way. And once he was imprisoned, he had few chances of ever escaping the system of slavery by another name. And this term was used by then Wall Street Journal. And I think this element of modern day slavery or or keeping people in a situation where they are able to... um, contribute exactly as you said to society without paying them a fair wage this exploitation is something that has been going from when slavery was at its peak yeah. to now and it's it's undeniable how many more um how much of the prison population in the US and across the world is black and so this slavery by another name modern slavery is is so distressing to actually know and exactly like you said is in the, the free land, the land of the people where dreams can come yeah.
0: true. I think, I think what you've mentioned is really, is really interesting, but you have to talk about the war on drugs, the policy, the war on drugs. If you want to link to, um, you know, what you've just said about how black people are much more incarcerated than mm. white people.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so the war, the war on drugs was initiated in 1970s. This meant that, this no tolerance led to an increased number of people being arrested for essentially petty crimes, mm-hmm. you know, petty drug crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this led to then, basically by 2010, the amount of people in prison had increased to 500,000 per year, up from 41,000 in uh, the 1990s. So th- this introduction of this new policy you know, largely has impact the amount of people that are being arrested. Yeah. 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 And then um, drug-related charges accounted for more than half the rise in state prisons between 1980s and 2000. So 31 million people have been arrested on drug-related charges. Approximately one in 10 Americans are arrested for drug charges. Yeah. yeah. So then it then it gets more interesting because then it, it it brings race into the into the factor so by 2003 58% of all women in federal uh, prisons were convicted of drug offenses mm. black and hispanic women in particular have been disproportionately affected mm. um, their their incarceration rates have risen 400% for women of all races while for black women it's risen by 800% so it's literally double black people are being arrested black women specifically this article states are being arrested double the amount of white women are being arrested and the reason for this is simply because black communities are over policed so Mm. if you were to go into a black neighborhood you would see police everywhere because they just assume that black people are going to be more you know criminal Mm. and then they're more likely to be you know caught in the act of doing petty drugs and then as a result of these new policies, they're arrested and sent to prison. Yeah. And then they can't afford bail. So then they get a criminal record and yeah. then they come out of prison. You know, no, there's no there's no uh, attempt to rehabilitate them back into society whatsoever in terms of employment, I'm trying to say. So then they don't have anywhere to like actually work. They have got no money. What are they are gonna end up doing? They're gonna end up committing the same crimes again. And it's gonna be a vicious cycle. Yeah. And then that's how they end up incarcerating like so many more black people than white people because white people are just not caught or they can afford bail or they have like rich parents.
1: Well, maybe not not necessarily rich parents, but yeah, maybe could afford more. Well, their parents, parents might to... be someone who's important and they would just will be let off. I think I think that is talking about a very specific set of white people. Like I don't think that that's necessarily the case, but I do agree with the non the over-policing in black communities. And your, your kind of, your narrative there assumes that people can actually get out of prison you know you know how we talk about when you get stuck into the system yeah people say when you get stuck into the prison system that's not a phrase that people should be taking lightly do you know the actual ways that they do it especially in private prisons private prisons have this so they have they have two things so you do you know what infractions are no so infractions are basically um you can think of them as like Tickets or admonishments. So when you're in prison, you'll get an infraction for something like um, drug dealing or rape or like nonviolent acts or stealing, fighting, drinking, like any of these things or having contraband or being out of bounds or like there are different levels to it. So infractions have a direct impact on how that can lengthen your sentence when you are going to leave the prison you have someone looking at your record and then they all see like are you a model prisoner like are you ready to be introduced to society and all of that private companies the two that came up the most were cca which is now known as core civic Mm -hmm. and geo group these are like the two main parent companies that own a lot of these private institutions when it came to looking at the number of infractions that people were given out in government-owned prison institutions versus private, private were giving out twice as many infractions. And then you think about, okay, well, what's what's the benefit here? The other thing that they have, so they they have these things called occupancy clauses, private prisons. Well, there was this one case study where A private prison in Arizona didn't meet their 97% target of occupancy. So they have, as private prisons, they said they tell the state you have to keep 97% occupancy in the prison for us to be profitable. Yeah. Okay. And so when they couldn't, the government, the state government, had to pay them a three million dollar fine. So it just incentivizes people to keep people in prison as long as possible so that they can make the most money so they can hit these margins. Um and like I I and honestly when when you think about just that expression of once you get into the system, it's hard to escape. Yeah. It's basically designed for you to not Well
0: that's what I'm trying to say. It's a vicious cycle. That's like even what, if you want yeah. even if you are to leave, there's no way that you're gonna be rehabilitated back in. You say like private private prisons. Governments literally give out companies to private sorry, governments literally give out contracts to private companies. To build prisons. So when the war on drugs came about, obviously, as I said, it increased the amount of people going into jail like mm-hmm. drastically. So then they had no, they had no nowhere to put all these people, um, you know, these like profitable people because they're making yeah, them fuck loads yeah, of money. Yeah. Um, so governments basically gave out uh, contracts to prisons, uh, to to private companies to build the prisons, and the company, in exchange for locking up these people, you know they receive a fixed rate. So as you, I don't know if you said this, but I think you did. I'm not sure. They receive a fixed rate for each inmate that they get. Yeah, so basically they want, they want people in because they're going to get money for each person that they incarcerate. And then, um, and then like, of course they're not going to want to rehabilitate anyone. Basically yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Like, why would they want to do that? It's not in, it's not in their profitable um,
1: scheme, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. That. And it is, you're right. It's so tied and it's so politically sensitive. So it is. the whole war on drugs that was Nixon in the 70s wasn't it where he came out with that um and then tough on crime that whole campaign has been running through like whether it's a Republican or a Democrat even Obama was like super tough on crime and he had the yeah. whole um yeah I think he had one of the toughest measures of immigration um that Trump just continued with it wasn't even like they were that that's the thing I'm sorry I, I don't know if this isn't if this is right to say or not but I do think that this two-party system in America, I'm not saying that the UK is perfect by far, but this two-party system in America is like really, really right-wing versus a little bit right-wing. It's not right and left. Like there's not really an opposition in like Some of the policies that they come out with, especially with the immigration and tough on crime stuff, is like, well, both of them would agree with it anyway. So what's the difference?
0: There was there's a
1: reason why this is
0: happening. The reason why is for money because private companies get paid to build prisons, and then the executives of these private prisons go and pay politicians who will support their
1: ideologies. Yeah, who will continue this this cycle? of yeah. and yeah. that's exactly what happened because yeah, the so there was this there was this instance where the former deputy attorney general Sally Yates she published a report in like two thousand sixteen, and it was all about um reducing private prison population like why we shouldn't use private prisons anymore she was trying to say it's not more cost effective she tried to compare them to like eight different eight different standards and she said you know um the state-owned prison versus private-owned prisons are not actually i think the projection was that they were going to save 20 percent of taxpayers money but when they actually looked at it it only saved one percent Mm. And then there was another study that said that they couldn't actually conclude that private prisons were more cost effective. So it was just it was just not really um, measuring up. And like a lot of these qualities, they're difficult to measure because it's like talking about different grievances and uh stats like how many deaths there've been. And so it's there's a lot that goes into it, which makes it really complicated. But essentially, her her report that was published meant that the stocks of the geo group and core civic literally plummeted like if you see the graph it just goes directly down and then trump was elected within like within days of his um presidency his attorney general jefferson sessions he rescinded the yates memorandum from august 2016 when she actually did it and honestly if you look at the graphs the stocks just literally just they just go back to normal yeah because it's so you're right, it is so politically sensitive. Like if someone is and even two of them, Core Civic and Geo Group, they each donated two hundred and fifty K to Trump's <sighs> inaugural committee. So it's not like this is so removed, it's like, oh yeah, they're funding this this political party and it's so vague and people are just saying it because they believe it. It's it's a fact. It's like these you can look at where money has come from and you can see A fact of these two companies have invested in this presidency so this president is going to do what he needs to keep to keep that power and to keep that support
0: yeah it's 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 you have to come back because you know obviously taxpayers obviously do pay for prison as well and if you speak to a lot of people you say to them you know how much of your money goes to like incarcerating people into like metal boxes and a lot of people like I don't care I'm trying to do American Mm. accent how do you do American (laughs) accent I don't care as long as those people are (laughs) Like that's what they'll say. Like as long as as long as we're keeping our children safe and our streets are safe. Like, mm. how'd your kids? How'd your wife? You know all that. Um, <laughs> but it's sad because you know marginalized people are being are being uh, criminalized and incarcerated for profit. Like that's why it's sad. No, but we're not saying like let out pedophiles and <laughs> rehabilitate. <laughs> paedophiles, we're saying we're saying it's not fair for people who have like committed maybe a petty crime, uh, to be arrested and to and to then forever be in the prison system and to have no no prospect of a future just so some old white men can make money. That's what that's what we're saying, aren't we? We're saying, you know, you, we, we 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 really need to have a look at this these well, not us because we live in the UK, but um, <laughs> We really need to have a look at these systems because I I think it's not too dissimilar in the UK, to be honest. I know we incarcerate less people, but...
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I was trying to look for this kind of information about the UK and I couldn't find evidence that was as compelling um, that this happened. So I don't know if it's just less available for us to find or if it's happening, but it's just really, you know... I think it's at a lesser scale... Yeah. yeah and a uh, lesser scale as well but yeah. do you know what there has been a, in the in the research that I did there was a lot of good um that came out of it because I think we are
0: trying to bring the good out don't you
1: yeah because I was just gonna wow, get not, there's
0: no happening in the US <laughs> <laughs> no
1: there is and I'll tell you what it is so <laughs> there was like mass organization I think this was in 2019 or 2020. Uh, yeah it was 2019 um and they loads of organizations came together and they were like talking about divesting um, and it got to the point where in the most recent elections every democratic candidate was saying that they would divest um, from private prisons so that's now become something that was trendy or something that was there to um, to try and appeal to the people that were protesting like the mass protests Um and now it's become something that will hopefully be entrenched within the party and that can be like the party stance on um on private prisons which is actually really good and also i read i saw, saw something else that was about um do you know how the private prisons are actually structured in terms of their financing
0: um i don't know depends on what you're going to say
1: well i don't i didn't understand it for at least that's why i was going to ask you but um essentially they're structured as like real estate investment funds right and what that means From what I understood, so correct me if I'm wrong. From what I understood, that means that the prisons, private prisons, don't actually have a lot of cash, so they have to do a lot of short-term borrowing Mm -hmm. from like huge banks like J.P. Morgan and. Okay. um, But actually, these big banks started to withdraw their investment as a result of some of the some of the politics that was coming out as in the Democratic Party, um, and also as a result of some of these um, populations. And there was something else about do you know what ice is yeah you hear about it yeah they um
0: they basically incarcerate mexicans and separate them from their families
1: yeah so the so that contract there has been one contract most recently i think this was like two three days ago um where ice have now don't have their contract renewed for something that they were doing with government thank god so absolutely yeah, scum. which is, but it's good, but it's really good news yeah. because obviously, like this yeah. is a step in the right direction. There's yeah. uh, actually things going on when you have mass organization, um, and people that are having to be listened to. Yeah, so, Trump was a
0: fan of ice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what I mean. That like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, and it, it, it is sad, um, and it does feel broken especially when a lot of countries look up to America as the blueprint of, you know, what freedom looks like. And even us to an extent, like we, we even look at America and think, yeah, that's a good idea because we not, not, not us as in our government.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The UK, obviously I've I read somewhere that the UK are always like 10 years behind America, that they always try and like follow whatever America does um, in terms of like their politics. And like, that's why everyone thought that NHS would be privatized because obviously
1: yeah well we don't know what that what that is going to end
0: as, do we we think this is an important conversation to have because it's important for people to be aware and so that that's why we wanted to that's why we wanted to bring to to bring this to light um and we i personally think it's really sad that so many uh like ethnic minorities are incarcerated in the us and as a result as i said earlier like their futures are basically just shammed Mm. um
1: yeah no definitely I think I didn't know much about private prisons or how people make money from it and so I think this episode was really good to Mm -hmm. make me look at it properly Mm -hmm. um and yeah I'm I'm glad we did it so hopefully Mm -hmm. you guys found something interesting in there or learned something or were just bombarded with stats (laughs) so sorry (laughs) um I'm not sorry you need
0: to know I'm joking
1: um but but yeah so if you if you found anything interesting or if you didn't agree with anything that we said or if you just wanted to continue that conversation then yeah please let us know yeah because I would like to know what other people know about this topic and you know it it sparks a a wider debate of um are prisons really what they say they are are they really useful? and so much of what I read was that you know prisons don't actually um, have an impact on criminalization rates. there are a lot of conversations that can come out of that um so if you wanted to hit us up on instagram it's at a cup of or Twitter as well, which is the same handle um or yeah, just message us if you know us,
0: <laughs> yeah, if you know us <laughs> if you know. Us. <laughs> Just like and up. subscribe <laughs> You can actually follow us on Spotify I believe, you can click the follow and then you can be Notified whenever we upload a new episode But
1: yeah
0: oh, really? yes. Anyway, okay. let us know also if you have any Topics in mind that you think will be interesting for us To discuss, we're all, always looking For new ideas As long as, you know, they with our brand <laughs> I'm joking Anyway, thanks a lot for listening guys And take care